and you're bigger than me in uh, both I'll, I'll, in real life and on screen. I'll shrink down like this. <laughs> a lot of people are just like, when they do see me in person, they're like, oh, you're a little bigger than I, than I, than I thought. Totally. Yeah, you were. <laughs> well, hey, welcome everybody to the video. I'm joined here today with Nolan. I keep messing up your last name. Oh, right? uh, Matthias. Matthias. There's right? like one person who ever gets it right, and that's the person in the Maple Leaf Lounge. She's there every single time I fly, and she's the only person who gets it right every single time. There so you go. That well, happened this morning. She must have some inside info. But um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I don't even know what I thought it was, but um, Matthias. Hey. I get Matthias. I get Matthias. I get all all sorts of things. So it's all good. Yeah. Nolan is what he is, and um, I'm excited to announce for those not familiar, those not are in our academy. You're basically our newest contributor and basically partner within the Academy Network. Yeah. And we don't need to talk about that all too much right now. I want to basically take this as more or less a podcast episode and just chat, get to know you, because you're visiting here from, from up, Calgary. From Calgary. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've <laughs> probably got a ton to talk about. Yeah, amazing timing. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to, one, allow uh, the Investing Academy to use some of the content that we have and some of the courses that we've had, have more people uh, see that and get it out there. and and have it out in the world, which is cool. Um, and just, I mean, you've done some amazing things. I mean, what are you, 180,000 subscribers on YouTube? That's Something wild, like that, man. man. You're like the pioneer of the financial space in Canada for for YouTube, that's crazy. So, honored to be sitting here with you. Thanks, Nolan, and yeah, if you guys didn't know, Nolan has his own like channel as well, and he just hit a big milestone too, 25. Yeah. The big two, 25, I remember that, like I, I remember, <laughs> takes me back, but like I remember hitting obviously your first thousand and then yeah. 25 is a, a big one, a quarter way there to the, the plaque. Um, yeah. And I will link all of his stuff around this video, of course. So what is it exactly that you talk about on your channel? Where's your area of expertise? Yeah, so I mean, my area of expertise is obviously mortgages. I've also run a real estate company, so it kind of goes back and forth between real estate and mortgages. We talk about both, just trying to get as much honest information out there as, uh, as we can. And for me, like I, I talk a little bit on my channel, but I don't talk about it a, a, a ton. Um, a lot of my why and, and the reason I ran a real estate company was back in 2012, I got totally burnt out on doing mortgages. It became about a transaction after transaction mm. after transaction. And it just got so, so overwhelming and bearing, overbearing on me that I said, you know what, I'm out, I'm gonna do something different. Went and ran a real estate company, was actually gonna buy a real estate company, uh, the biggest independent in, in Alberta at the time. Uh, ran that for a year, realized that, uh, well, that wasn't my circus and I definitely didn't want those to be my monkeys. So I, uh, I chose to go back to the company I love. But the big thing for me was there was this realization um, when a friend of mine said, you got to go and read the book, Start With Why, which is Simon right. Sinek book. Yeah. And that book is, uh, it's all about finding your why. And I literally, I had lunch with my buddy, went and picked up the book at about one o'clock in the afternoon, read it straight Blitz through to through about it, yeah. 9 p.m. Then I took his course, which kind of funny, like courses work, by the way, um, took his course, came up with this beautiful why statement, which was to inspire people to thrive financially and give. And I'm looking at this thing at like three or four in the morning going, man, this looks familiar. And I went back to a journal from university that had a mission statement in it because one of my mentors had told me you need to yeah. have a journal and you need to uh, write out a mission statement. And the mission statement was something to the effect, it wasn't quite as beautiful as to inspire people to thrive and give, yeah. uh, but it was essentially to help people succeed financially so that they can give back beyond what they ever thought possible or something to that effect. And I was like, wow, some point at some point between university and 2012, 2013, 2014, I totally lost track of that mm -hmm. why chasing dollars and um, and went back to our mortgage company. We became the first B Corp certified mortgage company in North America, which is a certification that 
companies like Patagonia have all about transparency and accountability and environmental social impact yeah so like really cool experience rebuilding that mortgage company and then when the pandemic hit uh, we needed to get information out fast and that's when the YouTube channel started and now like on a day-to-day -day basis pretty much all I do is YouTube my team does the mortgages because for me like getting information out there about real estate finances mortgages is just like that's it for me that's all I ever want to do ever again because it is bang on my why it's more valuable it's exactly what you kind of set out to do and that's kind of funny like it basically went full circle even from back then that was kind of what you yeah. knew you wanted to do and then it just like you said maybe drifted apart and that's um yeah that's a that's a cool story now when you talk about that so to me someone who's like in the stock market side mm -hmm. i have now got a little bit of real estate experience mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. but i would by no means say i know what i'm doing um in fact probably don't know what i'm doing but for people that are like there is a big difference between the mortgage side and the real estate side. Uh, mm -hmm. To me, again, someone looking outside, I might just say, oh, it's kind of like they're together. They're one and one, yeah. but they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. I mean, one is one is debt and one is an asset. And, you know, you, you have to use the two at some point in order, especially in the Canadian real estate market right now, in order to, to actually acquire real estate. But at the end of the day, like the, the goal is to get rid of the mortgage, to get rid of the debt and mm -hmm. to have the assets and you know, that's, that's the bigger piece of the mortgage and, and real estate side is yeah. how do I have the assets without somebody else co-owning it with me, whether that's the bank or, yeah. you know, the yeah, federal yeah. government's really like poorly designed, uh, first time home buyer incentive where like the government's going to be your partner on your mortgage. Crazy. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, here, here's a fun question. Maybe a biased answer coming up, mm -hmm. but what's your opinion on getting mortgages for homes? I mean, that's like, like you said, it's kind of part of the process. You kind of have to do it. You do hear a lot of people like, again, maybe not our audience because they are a little more financially literate, mm -hmm. but you hear people out there who'd say, don't take on a mortgage, don't take on debt. Like it's, again, I don't know if that's. I I mean, in an ideal situation, if you can do it without yeah. taking on debt, then do it without taking on debt. Like yeah. I bought a rental property in October of 2021, no, 20, yeah. uh, just kind of in the middle of the pandemic and we bought it cash because if we can buy it without the debt and guys are like, you're crazy, there's tax write-offs, everything else. It's like, you're eventually going to pay the tax anyways. So you mm. might as well just get rid of the debt if you can get it. And a lot of things, a lot of the thing a lot of people don't realize is that debt, having debt, it actually increases your risk. So like Smith maneuver, for example, if you're borrowing money to invest and your expected returns are eight or 9%, if you're using the Smith maneuver, you're actually reducing your expected returns because you're creating a risk level. That's something that Ray Dalio talked about a lot in uh, different podcasts after he was in the Tony Robbins book. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think in an ideal world, none of us have to borrow money to buy the things that we need. But the big lesson for me, like back in 2002, I bought my first property and, um, and I thought, you know, coming out of school as an economist, I thought I would be able to time the market, sell that property. And I thought I was selling it at the top. And I ended up, actually it was ended up being in 2005 was when I took possession of it, October 2005. And the market was flat between 2002 and 2005. It was a new construction, new build. I sold it October 2005. In 2006, the market went like this. Mm -hmm. And I missed out on basically 100 to $150,000 in, um, in, in returns on it because I sold it too early. Yeah. And the lesson for me there was, and I got, I got completely out of the market and I missed all the run up. So the lesson for me there was, you know, 
if you can buy at your earliest opportunity and stay in the market, it doesn't matter whether you think it's the middle, the bottom, or the top, because none of us are good at predicting what the market's going to do, mm-hmm. then you know, over a 20, 25, 30-year period, you're probably going to be way better off. And if I had kept that property, it would be probably pretty close to paid off by now. If right. not paid off, it'd be worth probably in the neighborhood of four hundred fifty to five hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it would be a pretty significant piece of financial freedom for for myself and my family. Now we've got other properties since then. We learned our lesson, yeah. but the lesson was this: get into the market at your earliest opportunity when yeah. it makes sense for you, when you're going to live in the property, when you can afford it, and then at, at that point you'll be able to you know, have the ups and the downs in the market. And at the end of the day, whether you believe we're at the top of the market or the bottom of the market, 25 years from now, whatever's happening today is just a blip on this really big graph of what happened in the last 25 to 50 years on real estate. So just get in when you can get in. And if having debt is something that you need in order to do that, get the debt, but make sure it's something that you can manage. Manage, no doubt. That's actually an amazing answer. And there's so many comparables I draw to that, the way we explain stock market. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, it comes down to buying good assets, right? Like in good locations, uh, favorable places, very, very similar message that we would speak to our audience because at the end of the day, real estate is just another type of asset out there. Like yep. it's just like buying a stock in a sense. And it's funny, like just for a little personal stuff, like I just bought like my townhouse recently, like maybe nice. within a year. And it was cause I had a family on the way, like our little girl and whatnot. And it's, I didn't really feel like I had much of a choice. Obviously I have a choice at the end of the day, but like <laughs> it was more just the timing and do it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I think if you look at some of the numbers, I know we have started to see the market come down a little bit. I don't know entirely about this market because we in Richmond here live in like a pretty unique market with some outside money. I don't know. I, again, I don't know what I'm talking about really, but um, you do hear these things with, you know, the Asian money and whatnot. Yeah. But um, it's just funny because I may be a perfect living case example where it's like you bought at a top, you bought at a peak, mm-hmm. but because of the approach that I'm coming in into it, I purchased a house that was in my means. I purchased a house that I can afford in terms of the, the monthly cash flow and if rates go up, which they are going up and my, my variable mortgage is going up. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all things that work well for me. And I'm not even in the slightest bit concerned that, oh, you know, my home, my home might be going down a little bit like mm-hmm. over the short term. Because again, I'm thinking like 25, 30 yeah. years out, as you mentioned. And- yeah. Short term thinking. I mean, and, and short term thinking is thinking about appreciation in real estate. That's the thing that causes really good people to make really bad decisions, mm. right? When you're thinking about real estate, it is a long term decision. It's a long term play. It's it's the difference between what you're doing with investing and going, okay, I'm going to invest over the long term and day trading. It's the exact same. It's day trading very- is gambling. Right? It's the exact same concept. That's such a good comparable. And mm-hmm. maybe I'll put you on the spot here with a question that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. What is your thoughts on variable mortgages versus fixed mortgages? Just like maybe, I, I don't know where you want to take this discussion <laughs> or if there's something to talk about, but it's a question. And especially in the current environment, a very, very, I think, important question. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody who follows my channel and if you look at my channel, you'll see we talk a lot about variable versus fixed. Um, really, it, what's becoming clear is it's, it's actually a, not a two-part question, it's a three-part question. It's mm. variable versus adjustable versus fixed. Mm. So variable is where you have a mortgage that the interest rate varies, but the payment stays the same. Mm. Adjustable is where the interest rate varies, but the payment actually Can adjusts. also increase or decrease. Yep. Okay. And then fixed is where you have a five-year fixed mortgage. Now, the thing about five-year fixed mortgage, so when I go internationally and I talk in the US or we go to Europe, uh, a five-year fixed in terms of other countries is often considered a five-year adjustable in their terms. 
So really what we're talking about is we're talking about variable versus adjustable versus a long-term adjustable. Mm. And then what you have to realize with fixed rate mortgages is that you're paying a premium. You're, you might be paying multiple premiums for security. Right. And that security value comes down to your own personal risk tolerances. So you have to calculate the differences, what you think is going to happen with interest rates and whether or not you're willing to take the risk. Mm. That's all it is. It's a risk question. Right. Um, and then you have to understand that you're paying more for a fixed rate, typically a premium for a fixed rate for it to be locked in for a five year period. And then you're also paying quite, quite often and not always, but quite often, a premium to get out of it, so a penalty. And you basically pay more on the front and the back end and you lose your flexibility, lose a little bit of negotiating power. So if from a risk tolerance perspective, and I've taken a little bit of flack on uh, on YouTube from a couple of mortgage brokers, and one mortgage broker and a realtor, um, who they go back, like they go deep into my archives. Like I have hair down to here. I can't even figure out which video they pulled because I do like 300 a year yeah. and they're like cherry picking like different thoughts and it's like, well, no one's wrong because when interest rates were 1.5 and you could get a five year fix for 1.5% and you could get a variable for 1.5%, he was wrong because he was telling people to choose variables. Like, no, we weren't telling people to choose variable. We were telling them to do the risk assessment and pretty much anybody who was taking a 1.5 or 1.25 fix versus a 1.25 or 1.5 variable, like, those people were few and far between. But when the gap started to grow between fixed and variable, that's when people started choosing variable more often. And mm -hmm. to this point, like I think Canadians are about 60% variable versus fixed in the last couple of years. Mm. And really what it comes down to is, is risk tolerance. And you know we kind of got duped a little bit by the Bank of Canada. I was looking at BNN Today and the deputy um, whatever of the Bank of Canada, she's saying, we're gonna to try to earn your trust back and we're gonna fight inflation. It's like, well, hold on a second, because a year and a half ago, Tiff Macklem sat, sat there and said, interest rates are gonna be low for a very, very long time and released a report at the same time saying they're gonna be low out until the end of 2023 and here we are and interest rates are going up. So it's like, the long and short of it is, it's a long-term versus a short-term decision and it's a risk-based decision. And over the long-term, if you have a variable and you stick with that plan for 20 to 25 years, probably going to win regardless of what happens with rates. But the one thing for sure is you're going to have more flexibility because you got a three month interest penalty. And if rates go up and then come back down, you'll be able to renegotiate, maybe do some things to, to mix things, to mix things around and get a better, better rate or a better deal. And ultimately, um, you know, with some good strategy, it's probably a better choice if you aren't going to lose sleep at night. Right. And, it's just funny how YouTube people can take what you say out of context and spin it like, I don't doubt that at the end of the day, you're giving the different options. You're talking about the pros and cons. And it's yeah. so funny how someone can just like, I can literally make a video on stock and say, Hey guys, check out the stock. Do your own research due diligence. And then they'll go out and buy it and say, well, like, why'd you tell me to buy that stock? It's like we as influencers and you, you'll start to realize this more and more like now that I'm like a bigger channel, it just becomes more and more and more, you mm. know? And at first when I started off, there was like, that little group of you know kind of people were smaller and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger you start to hear it more and more but I guess that just comes with that's part of the job in a sense but um, you know what one thing I would just say there which I'm really like from your explanations and just this chat alone is like it's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this stuff and that's what you like like you said it's it's your why to go out and educate on this yeah. stuff and to like teach about the stuff so people can make the most informed decisions like I'll just tell you when it came to that variable adjusted fixed I didn't even know that. I don't even know whether mine's like variable or adjusted. <laughs> and it's this, it's little snippets like these that I think 
I don't think I know are stuff that we all should be aware about and stuff that we should. Yeah, totally. It should be just second nature. Honestly, it's just that it's tough to learn this stuff unless you're really in the, in the heat of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like you're looking at uh, an education in economics and you're looking at 18 years in the business. I never thought I'd be a mortgage broker. Like I thought I was going to do what you did, be an investment banker, be a, a professional economist. And that was not, what happened but when I came when I halfway through university I had a professor who um, I put my hand up in the class and said hey what do you think is gonna happen in the economy and he looked at me and this guy was like <laughs> he was known for being kind of over the top and he's like what do you think is gonna happen in the economy he goes look out the effing window <laughs> and then he goes back to teaching and I'm like okay well I wait about five minutes and anybody who's ever been in a university lecture theater knows that there's they all have one thing in common they have no windows right so I put my hand up again and said, what effing window? <laughs> and we're using the full foul language and yeah. apparently it was okay for him to swear at me, but not me to swear at him. He kicked me out of the class. But three days later, I walked back in and he says, oh, you effing came back. <laughs> he goes, get out, but come and see me after hours. And I, I came and saw him after hours and, and he said, you know, if you want to know what's going to happen in the economy, you need to be part of the economy. You need to go and work in finances if that's what you want to do. So easiest way to do that was one of two options. You can go and be a teller at TD and TD was, it was, um, like my girlfriend at the time got hired by them cause they were actively recruiting university students. Like they had tables mm. set up in Mac Booth, Hall, yeah, yeah. And, um, which was the cafeteria at the university of Calgary. And, or you could go and challenge the mortgage brokers test. And it took me three days. You can't do that by the way anymore. Now you have to take two courses and, and you can't challenge either of them. But three days later I, I went and grabbed the books, wrote the test and, you know, fell in love with helping people, um, get make the biggest financial decision of their life and make really? it properly right yeah uh and for me like that's always been the thing it's been how do we make sure that people get the information they need to make the right decision for them and you know our biggest obstacles right now are you know banks going here here's the lowest rate and don't worry about anything else other than this because that's the that's the not the most important part of getting a mortgage and then all these rate aggregator websites where you go and you type in best mortgage rate in Canada and then they just shoot a rate at you and it has no explanation of what comes with that super low rate. But like everything else in life, it's, you get what you pay for, right? Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. if you're paying the absolute lowest rate, which by the way is usually like a cup of coffee, maybe two cups of coffee a week from a, from a difference in payment perspective, well, if you're paying that super low rate, you're probably having features and things stripped out. And, mm. and that's the biggest obstacle that Canadians are going to find themselves in the next two or three years as rates go up. Um, some people are going to find themselves with big five-year fixed penalties with big banks, and they're going to find themselves with um, no movement clauses or other things that surprise them. And when they need that ability to go and renegotiate or refinance or do something to put themselves in a better situation, they're going to lose that opportunity. And that's what we're trying to um, prevent people from finding themselves in that position is it's like we we say internally at our company we're like our we have a mission against crappy mortgages hmm. right jeez yeah i i'm just like absorbing all this myself because <laughs> yeah it's I, I don't even know really what to say following that but well i mean the tables will be turned when um when when i start asking you about investing and stuff <laughs> like that because i mean that's your your area of expertise and something that i'm not yeah super familiar with and super good at but yeah you know, the, the youtube thing has been an amazing blessing from the perspective of being able to talk to people, being able to um, have really great conversations, being able to get information like out to two million Canadians yeah. a year. Like it's it's 
phenomenal, right? It is. It's special. And, like, that's why I was so excited to, like, as you can tell from this video, like, there's just so much additional information that's out there that is so important and taught so well. Like, that's why I want you as part of this network. That's why we want to team up and we want to basically, like, essentially build a, a community of people that can learn in all aspects because it does all go hand in hand at the end of the day. Why do you invest in the stock markets to make more money? It's to go prepare for your future. Well, at some point down the road, you're gonna be buying the biggest investment of your life and you wanna make sure you're doing that properly. So maybe I guess in wrapping up in summary, so what is it exactly that you do? Like, I know you kind of explained it, but like Mortgage 360, yeah. what is it that you do on the back end? And again, like maybe we can finish with the academy. No one's gonna be joining up basically in our network and being there with the students and providing training programs for all the students that are already on and anybody in the future that joins. Yeah. And he's gonna be one of many, but basically our specialists, our lead when it comes to mortgages, real estate, that's where your experience is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Mortgage 360, like what, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, think of us as, as kind of the protector of, of people who are getting mortgages. Like our, our job is to make sure that people don't step on landmines when they're getting the mortgage or have a surprise. It's twenty-five to thirty or forty thousand dollars in penalties, three to five years down the road. Like that's really our job because you can go out and you can you can watch YouTube videos, you can read all the information that's out there, or you know when we were driving over here, I talked a little bit about my mentor. You talked about coaching groups that you're in. Um, the best advice I've ever received in regards to building businesses and doing certain things is from coaching and mentoring, and that's really what we've created our company around. Is we're we're becoming less and less of a mortgage company and more of a more and more more of an education mm. and a fiduciary company. So in other words, we're teaching people how to do it properly. Mm. And then we are also teaching people um, the actual education around how to do it themselves if they want to do it. But if they don't don't want to do Need it themselves, the we'll do it for them and make sure that they're completely protected. Um, it's funny because and how important it is to have education and advice. Um, my mom worked for Bank Montreal for 47 years um, back in, let's call it 2005, 2006, I'm not sure the exact dates, BMO on some of their ultra low rate mortgages put what's called a bona fide sale clause in their mortgages, which meant you couldn't switch to a different lender midterm. You had to ride it out for five years. You were pretty much stuck with BMO for five years. And I remember being the person that told my mom, who was a banker of 47 years, that my mortgage had this bona fide sale clause in it. And then I think the BMO mortgages have it too um, because where I got my mortgage was funded by BMO at the time. And ultimately, you know, you, she had 47 years of experience. and didn't know about this thing that BMO was doing that potentially could have cost their clients a significant amount of money. Um, and by the way, BMO is a phenomenal lender. Mm -hmm. They do amazing mortgages. If you have their full featured mortgage, they don't deal in the broker channel anymore. Um, my, my dad worked for them in their broker channel when they were in there. Um, they're a great bank, but it was just like this one little thing that nobody in the company even realized was in there had major ramifications. And that's what I see our job as and our role at Mortgage 360 is making sure that, you know, whether it's that or any of the other dozen things that other banks and other lenders do, mm -hmm. that our clients are 100% protected from the things that they don't know that they don't know. So, I mean, really, that's like, that's our role. Like, we're the shepherd, we're the guide through the process in the exact same way that the Investing Academy is the guide in the process. And by the way, we're so excited that our clients are gonna be able to come in and have access to your stuff and we'll be able to push our people to that because the people who are looking for down payments, the people who are trying to save that faster, they're gonna learn a lot by knowing how to invest and, and using the tools that you're providing, which is why it's so symbiotic, which is why I'm so absolutely thrilled that we're, we're putting this together and we're able to 
um, put our minds together and put our content together and really make uh, a huge impact on the world. And you know, the huge benefit to me is you have a significantly bigger platform from a YouTube standpoint and from an investing academy standpoint. That huge platform is an even better avenue for me to to meet my why and and fulfill my why, which is again to inspire people to thrive and and give. Wow. Well, no, that's um, you kind of summarize it up there. That's it is so exciting and. Of course, guys, as always, the Academy is down below uh, in about 15 days, less than 15 days. So I think May 15th, we're going to be going live with your content, uh, basically integrated into the library. And like you said, maybe you're someone that's saving for your first home. How do you do that properly? Uh, maybe you just need a boot camp on like mortgages. Like these are all going to complement everything that we do because yeah, that's exactly right. Working together, we can help so many more people than just working alone. And um with that said, I guess maybe we could wrap it up there. I'm very, very glad that you're here. We got the chance to meet. And um, oh yeah, I just had one more thought that you were saying about like, you're saying your coaches and your programs that you've taken in your life, like, again, I don't know if it's for you, I assume it is, but like some of the coaching programs that I've paid like thousands and thousands of dollars for have been the best return for me. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here without them. And I mean, our program is literally $19.99 a month. Like it's $20 a month. Uh, it's. Yeah, it's um, it's so ridiculously cheap. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. And I, it, just as an aside, I I saw the internals of the course for the first time about three weeks ago, and when I opened it up and I saw the amount of information, the quality of information, um, the topics that were covered, like no word of a lie, I, it blew my mind. Like the Thank the you. level of detail that you've gone into and the professionalism and and how well it's done. Like there's nobody doing what you're doing. Thanks, man. Well, hey, we're glad to have you on board and to grow this network together. But I guess with that, we'll kind of wrap things up. If you enjoyed this video, guys, as always, give it a thumbs up. Go subscribe to Nolan's channel. I'll be linking everything down below. But uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. Amazing. And Thanks for having me. Looking forward to what's in store. I love it. Awesome.